Marina the Vet with Pedigree and Whiskers. Love them completely. Spin 1038, you're welcome back to Spin Talk with Lauren and we're really excited about this new feature on the show because we know from the past speaking to you about your animals just how much you love your pets. So it just kind of made sense that we would have a pet slot and I'm delighted to welcome to studio our own vet, Marina Corrigan. She's here with Whiskers and Pedigree. Marina, you're very welcome. Thanks, Lauren. It's lovely to meet you. Um, I wish I have could have compiled all the messages we've gotten in over the years and finally um, be able to get answers for all of them. But we'll get through <laughs> we'll it all. For yeah, we will get through them all over the coming weeks. Today, I suppose we're going to speak about kind of the things you need to consider before you bring a pet into your home because I think anyone particularly with dogs and cats will tell you that you just didn't realise what a commitment it is Mm -hmm. you have them for the entire span of their life hopefully yes I mean I've seen I have seen several cases where people haven't maybe made that consideration and they have in some cases a very short time after they've gotten the pet had to rehome them which obviously isn't ideal for lots of reasons so yeah there's a number of different things people should consider Um, first and foremost is why they want a pet and is it suitable for their household and then they have to consider what type of pet they're going to get um, so cost is a big issue as well um, it, you can spend up to a couple of thousand euros a year on your pet as well so you've got to put that into your budget plus there can be unexpected vet fees that, that you may incur that you can't always plan in advance for and that's why pet insurance is also important so there's a, quite a long list of things mm-hmm. to start with um, I would encourage people to look at rescue centres and look at getting rescue pets because there are loads of them out there that need good homes um, and if you contact them you might they mightn't have the right dog for you at the right time but keep in touch with them loads of lovely lovely dogs come through rescue centres and I see it all the time in practice the number of nice pets that have come from rescue centres oh. and pounds. You mentioned there the right dog at the right time let's I suppose talk about dogs because a lot of the time when people want to bring a pet into their home it is a dog mm-hmm. you know kids want puppies yeah. especially if there's little ones in your house um, talk to me about that right time like what might be a wrong time to bring a pet into your home? Well, if you if everybody in the household is very very busy and they're not going to be if they're going to be at home very little, it's very difficult to to socialise a puppy properly and train them properly in that scenario. And dogs are social creatures and they like company, so I think it's best if somebody can be at home at some point during the days and the weeks that you're not gone all day long every day and you know just have concentrated time at the weekend. It is nice if somebody can have and if you're if you're out yourselves, maybe there's a friend or somebody who can drop in during the day, a family member who can you know to keep the dog company so if you're if you're absent a lot of the time it mightn't be the right time to, to get a pet um, depending on the ages of your children and your lifestyle as well if your children are quite young it's not necessarily wrong to get a pet but you do have to figure out what type of pet is going to suit with the young children and how much time you're going to have for the dog uh, as well as the, the children um, it can work but you have to consider w- which way how you're going to manage the, the two different commitments let's say at, at the same time um, and then it really very much then depends on the type of dog that you go for for how much time they'll need for exercise, etc. And the costs will vary a bit depending on the breed too because, you know, a, a smaller dog is more, less expensive to care for in terms of feeding and also things like medications for them, flea and worming parasite treatments tend to be cheaper for smaller dogs as well. And If you're getting a very particular breed, please speak to, to your vet or your vet nurse and be aware of what potential issues they can have so that you can plan if those do become a, an issue for your pet as to what the cost might be or what you might need to do for that. Yeah, let's talk a bit about that because quite often people see photographs of particular dogs online or they might see them in films or on TV or hear stories and like, oh, they're great with kids or they're very active. What are some of the breeds that, you know, there are things that people might not be aware of? 
So there are most breeds, if they're very finely bred, do have some predisposition predisp- to certain conditions. And I don't want to single out particular okay. ones necessarily, but um, there are some breeds that can have lifelong problems like skin allergies, and they can develop those at a young age. And then you have a dog who's on medication potentially for years. Now that can happen to any dog, but there are some where it's going to be more prevalent. So you just want to be aware of that type of thing. Tell me, Marina, a bit about preparing your home for a new dog. Because look, I I kind of keep coming back to dogs because I suppose I feel like cats maybe are a little lower maintenance. They they are um, and they can be but they still obviously need some care and attention um, but they are a little bit easier to look after if you don't have a lot of time so they can be a good option for people mm-hmm. who would like a pet but maybe don't have the time for, for it to take on a dog or a puppy but if dogs are, are what people are, are more interested in of your listeners then of course we can we can focus with those so I mean there's a, there's a few things you have to go and, and buy for them of course and that's quite exciting for people to go and get ready for that once you've made the decision to, to get a dog and if you're not if you're unsure whether a dog is suitable for you it, it's not wrong to borrow a friend's dog for the weekend or great a, idea. a short period of time and actually see how does it fit in you may say this is great and I, I definitely don't want to go back to not having a dog or you might say well we're going to postpone it for a little while because one of the children wasn't so sure things like that actually so do do put some time and, and, and effort in talk to your friends with dogs and as I say maybe borrow their dog if they're open to that idea as well um, and then you, you've got to buy things for your pet obviously a bed and, and bowls, feeding bowls and, and decide what type of food etc that you're going to get them. And um, One of the biggest things then is to look um, when you're getting the dog, talk to the if, it's, if, if you've gone to a breeder obviously talk to them and, and look at the parents and the environment the dogs have come from what condition is the dog in pets nowadays should actually be microchipped before they move from the home where they're born so is the dog microchipped, does it have a certificate for that, is something to look for as well and then you will of course then need to chat to your vet about what else the puppy needs at that stage because they all will need vaccinations, wormers, flea treatments, microchip if it hasn't been done and then discussing about getting them neutered when they're old enough, around six months for most dogs but older for some of the bigger dogs. What are your thoughts, Marina, on crate training dogs? I think it can work um, because they don't tend to soil in the area where they're left to, to sleep. So it can work well in a lot of cases but it does have to be that you will let them out obviously at various intervals so you can't go to work and leave them in there all day and expect a young puppy to hold they're mm-hmm. we for the whole day long so it can work if it's done appropriately I'm not against it at all actually an appropriate size crate that has some, some room for them to lie down that they're comfortable in it and leave it open during the day that they can come in and out that they don't see it as a form of a punishment that they're being isolated and put in there and they can't come out mm-hmm. um, if they get used to it in that way and you let them out last thing at night it can work at night time that you leave them in there and then let them out very early in the morning um, but with puppies you may need to let them out initially a little bit more often and make allowances for you yeah. know, it takes them a little Accidents. while to get used to things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you want your dog to, in the long term, sleep downstairs, it's best not to be bringing them upstairs when you get them initially. All I would think of Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in that it, Disney movie. Yeah, I, I'm showing my age. I remember that. It's very cute to have them up in your bedroom. But if they if they get used to that now, they're not going to understand why you want to change it when they're older. So it's better to try and stick to the routine. That it you can want. be so yeah. hard when they're crying. But I, yeah. my advice, definitely from my own experience, would be to stay strong. It is mm-hmm. worth it. You're so right. When a puppy comes to the house initially, then like that's a, that's a really good point to make about you know them sleeping downstairs, not letting them upstairs. What other things do you need to think about just so that they get used to their new environment as peacefully as possible? 
So generally puppies are quite adaptable little creatures if they're got, you know, at the, usually people get puppies around eight weeks of age and they're very adaptable at this age. They're still just getting used to things. They're still in what we call their socialisation period so they get used to things very easily. If you get them over about three, four months of age, it's a little bit harder for them to adapt. So you may not need to do a huge pile differently, just fit them into your lifestyle, make sure that they're eating well, going to the toilet well, putting on weight, that they're, you know, that they're growing fine, that there's no issues with them and do get them checked by the, the vet as well and they'll advise you what you need to do. Um, other than that, make sure your home is safe for your pet. So they may chew wires, they love to chew. People often think that they're teething, whereas in actual fact, most of the time they have their puppy teeth from a very young age. They don't get their adult teeth till about four and a half months of age, but they love to chew. It's like babies putting things in their mouth. It's part of the way they explore and learn. So uh, things like wires that could do them harm or things that you're particularly attached to, like your favourite shoes, don't have them in the puppy's way. Furniture they will tend to chew on as well. And so obviously give them plenty of toys, appropriate toys to chew on that they will like. Play with them a lot. And once they're old enough and they're covered by their vaccines, then obviously get them out for exercise and that you know that will tire them out a little bit and they won't be as uh, potentially destructive in the home but that varies a lot with dogs as well as to who will and who won't you won't always know so have an area where you can put them when you can't supervise them fully where they're not going to come to harm or do harm to the things in in your house mm-hmm. as well but that because they just don't understand that they're your favorite shoes you oh know? no of course and not. when you give out to them it's usually too late they've already done yeah. it and they won't even understand if you don't catch them as they're doing it if you give out to them for something they did while you were gone or half an hour earlier they won't associated so there's really no point in even though you may be annoyed there's really no point in giving out to them at that stage you have to do it at the time um, mm-hmm. I, it, for them to understand and, and just say a, a strict a sharp no to them and, and give them no attention for a couple of minutes and then come back to normal which can be hard but yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah Marina brilliant to have you today and I'm so excited you're going to be with us over the next few weeks massive thank you to Pedigree and to Whiskers for setting this all up and bringing you um, into us because as I said we have so many pet lovers listening to the show so I'd love if people want to get involved if you want to text us things that you would like us to discuss over the coming weeks we are going to talk about training and nutrition and different issues that might arise over the coming weeks but if there's anything you would like us to discuss get involved you can email spintalk at spin1038.com Marina Corrigan thank you so much thank you Okay, uh, great to have so many messages coming in about bringing a pet into your home for the first time. We're getting a lot in, as I guessed, um, about puppies in particular. If you have ever had um, a puppy come into your home for the first time, what advice would you have for others if they're thinking about it? What were the things that nobody told you that you kind of learned as you went? And I totally appreciate Marina the Vet Look didn't want to get into specific breeds. But maybe if you yourself have had a specific breed that you just feel, look, no one tells you this. And this is something that maybe not everyone might have to deal with, but this is something that I had to deal with. It would be great to hear from you. I'm on 087-711-1038. Lindsay is on the line. Hi, Lindsay. Hey, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, I believe there is a very special Yorkshire Terrier in your life. There is, yes. So we have an eight-year-old Pikachu is is her name. Um, And Pikachu only has one eye. Ah. Um, and that's what I was just explaining there when I sent the message in. I was saying, like, nobody prepares you for the vet bills. You know, I know we were you were talking about warming tablets and fleeing tablets, but nobody prepares you for anything other than that. Because I remember when, you know, Pikachu lost her eye, and I'll never forget when the vet rang us, and the vet was like, I'm afraid we can't, we can't salvage her little eye. I sobbed like it was one of my kids. I sobbed, I'd sobbed, and I couldn't speak about it for ages. You know, and then, you know, when she did get her eye removed, now, 
she's still as beautiful as she was with two eyes. But when the, we got the bill, like when you took it into account, like she had to stay, you know, in the vet for yeah. two days, her antibiotics, her painkillers, it was a thousand euros. Oh my God. Was she insured, Lindsay? No, she wasn't insured. Uh oh. Can I ask, what happened to her eye? How did she lose it? She had an argument. We have, we actually have two dogs. So we have Pikachu, who's a Yorkshire Terrier, and we have Sasha, who's a Japanese Akita. So completely different type of breed of dogs. Yeah. Um, Sasha went into heat, um, and they had a little argument, and literally pawed her eye. Aww. So it wasn't that it was done intentionally. She was just pushing it out of the way. But because Sasha's nails were sharp, she punctured the retina in her eye, and unfortunately, it couldn't have been saved. Oh, no. No, they've been together for years and years and we've never had any trouble, do you know what I mean? So it was just literally that one day, yeah. Sasha had gone into heat and she didn't want to have anything to do with her yeah. and she punctured her eye. So we were devastated, but like, that was a thousand euros and people kept saying to me, why would you pay that on a dog? Just just put her down, like, you know. Oh don't, my God. Don't. That's what people were saying and I was horrified that I was saying, I couldn't go home and tell, we only had one child at the time, I couldn't go home and tell Riley that, you know, Pikachu was no longer with us because mummy wouldn't pay the money. Yeah, and this is the thing, and I, I think it is something we will get into down the line with Marina maybe, because we've spoken in the past on the show about vet bills and the things that people will do. And I have a friend who's a vet, and you know Super Vet, the show, right? Yeah. Like, I love that. I love Super Vet. I just, I think yeah. it's brilliant. But she's always like, I, I just don't, I don't agree with some of the things that people will put their dogs through because she's like, I understand they're your family. But a lot yeah. of like the rehab and some of the things yeah. that dogs and cats have to undergo, it's not fair on them. Now, obviously, no. Pikachu's eye was removed and it was, that was, you know, for all intents and purposes, not a, a massive deal for her you know like yeah. she, she woke up and she had one eye like there wasn't rehab involved but some of the things you see on Supervet I do I do question putting animals through certain operations and certain oh procedures. yeah no 100% yeah no definitely you know but I'm glad to hear Pikachu's okay so how long ago was that Lindsay? that was four years ago and she's flying it ever since. She's flying it ever since. Still causing havoc around the house. <laughs> I'd say, I'm thinking of like the Yorkshire Terrier and the Japanese Akita. I'd say the Terrier is the boss. Do you know what? Do you know what? Funny you mentioned that. The, the, the guys next door to us are actually getting a bit of work done out there back garden, right? And we've recently built a wall, but it's not quite finished yet. So although the Japanese Akita can't get up, you know, they can see into the garden and the dogs can see kind of, you know, up at them like. Mm-hmm. But, um, they're doing a bit of work and the, Jap- the Japanese Akita just sits there looking at them peacefully and then the other one just runs around the garden barking at them. <laughs> so like, and I've often said it and I've, I was actually only saying it to the builders the other day, I was saying, she is the boss. Like she rules the roost out there. That's so funny. Lovely to speak to you, Lindsay. Thanks you too, on. Lauren. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Take care. Um, do you know what I mean about the operations thing? I do feel, and like my friend has explained that to me, you know, she obviously is a vet, loves what she does, um, really cares and is really passionate about animals. But sometimes when I'm talking about super vet, she's like, you know, I do understand that people will do anything to, to keep their pets alive. But she's like, some of the procedures they put them through aren't fair on the animals. But look, that's, I suppose, that's another day's discussion. Today we're asking for tips for bringing a pet into your home and the things you need to make yourself aware of. Chloe is next on the line. Hi, Chloe. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks very much. Chloe, I believe you have some good tips. Yeah, so we have our dogs four years now and she's a Chihuahua cross, Jack Russell Cavalier and Tibetan Spaniel. 
and she's the most well-behaved dog and I truly believe it's from the way we like brought her up. Okay. So when we first brought her into the house, we brought her straight out to the back garden and shown her like where to go and where to do her business and stuff. And since then, like she just goes out immediately. We bring her out and we say, do your business and she just goes straight away. And with a young dog, like they can cry a lot at night, like with a puppy, a new puppy, they're taken away from their mom and stuff quite upsetting for them yeah so what we were told was to give her a hot water bottle at night um so that acts like the mother's heat Stop. and to comfort her and um a, a clock as well so a clock reacts as the mom's heartbeat okay so it kind of calms them down at night and she cried i think twice um two days in a row from the first day we had her and since then like she she goes straight to bed not a bother on her every night that is something, yeah, Marina, the vet, was saying is to kind of stay strong. You've got to get them into that routine. And it's not easy because when there's a puppy crying, your heart breaks. I know. You just want to go down and cuddle them. But uh, if you go down, just don't make eye contact with them. Just kind of make them aware that you are still there. Just don't make eye contact and show them that you're still there and then just go back up to bed yourself. And, and Chloe, they- did you have her in a crate or where did she sleep? No, we we had her um, guarded off, so we had just a small uh, fire guard in the corner. She's quite a small dog, so we didn't put her in a crate, but uh, she was, like, in a separate area for herself, but um, now she just lies on the couch and she's grand. (laughs) (laughs) The separate area is good, though, and like Marina was saying, if it's a crate or, like you said, if you have a section um, for them, to leave it open during the day so they know they can go in and out and that's their safe place. Yeah, exactly. So they have like a little area to feel good and like feel safe Yeah, for themselves. Like they will feel a lot, whole lot better. Chloe, lovely to have you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, the reason I'd asked Marina about the crate training is because we crate trained our dog. And like Chloe said, it's not easy in the beginning when they cry, when they're really cute puppies. But um, we were given great tips about crate training and depending on the size of the crate I had heard and like Marina said they need to be able to move around in it once they can stand up turn around you know the way dogs do they kind of go in a circle and they can sit back down and they can stretch out that's you know they need to have that kind of space but someone had advised us and I've said this to loads of people I think it's a brilliant idea is if the crate has two gates right so there's a there's one um, gate at the front and one at the back and this really worked for me anyway um, is if during the day one gate is always open and they can go in and out of that as they please and at different times of the day you can put them in and take them out again. Like Marina said, you don't leave them in it and they feel abandoned or they feel that they've been bold. It's a place that they go in and as Chloe said, you keep coming in and out and they know that you'll always come back. And then at night, what we did for the first while was we opened the other gate and they know then that that's the nighttime gate, if you get me. If anyone else has crate trained a puppy, I'd love to hear from you um, what you did. But we would cover the crate with a blanket and that nighttime gate, they knew they know when they're going in there that it's like sleepy time. And then the next morning, you take off the blanket and you open up the daytime gate again. And we did that for about a year. So we knew going in that way, that's I go in there and I'm not, I'm not coming out until it's bright again. But during the day, it's always open and they can come in and out of it um, at their leisure and they know that that's their safe place 
Your thoughts on crate training, I'd love to hear from you today. And more advice, please. There's so many messages that have come in from people who've had puppies for the first time and the things that they didn't realise, like Lindsay was like, oh my God, the vet bills. You know, um, going back, I would have insured her. Let me know your thoughts. 087-711-1038. Massive thanks to Lindsay, who was on just a few minutes ago, telling us about her dogs, Pikachu and Sasha. Pikachu is a Yorkshire Terrier who had to have her eye removed four years ago after Sasha, their Japanese Akita, accidentally pawed her in the eye. Um, As Lindsay was saying, they're best pals. It was an accident. But she sent us in a picture of the two of them. And you're right. Pikachu, the Yorkshire Terrier, is 100% the boss by the looks of things. Thanks for that, Lindsay. They're gorgeous. Um, We're asking today about your advice for someone who is thinking about maybe bringing a new pet, particularly a new puppy, into their home for the first time. But if you have other animals in your home and there's things that you wish you'd known before you'd entered into that commitment, I'd love to hear from you. 087-711-1038. Jennifer's on the line. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Um, Jennifer, you have two doggies. Yes, I do. I have two little Maltese terriers. Um, so two small little white balls of fluff. Um, and the thing, the thing we wish we had realised was the expense that all the grooming kind of involves. So we got Bo um, as a puppy. So she was eight weeks, eight weeks old when we got her. Um, and then we had her for about nine months. And then we decided to get a second one for company for her. Um, I think the biggest surprise is that the cost of it obviously doubles when you get two. Of course. Um and they require an awful lot of upkeep. So the Maltese usually, because they're uh, for meant to be long, we have ours in a puppy cush to stop um, matting and stuff with it. Um, and it requires grooming every six, every six weeks. So um, like that's 110 to 160 euros, depending on where you go. Yeah. So we have, we've been using a groomer, um, and it ended up costing us 180 euros one of the visits. And I was like, no, that's it. So it takes a bit of research to find a decent groomer, but it's still expensive. If, like you're paying that every six weeks, 110 euro, on top of all your food, your vet bills, everything else. Yeah, and I suppose it is great to have a second one so they keep each other company, and I'd say they're the best yeah. pals. What's the second one called? Arlo. Arlo, so Bo and Arlo. And did they get yeah. on from the very beginning? Um. Yes. Um. So Arlo is a bit of a terrorist to her. Um, he likes to like chase her. She kind of mellowed down once we got him a bit. Um, they get on great and they socialise with my mum's dog a bit because she minds them every day for us um, while the two of us go to work. And okay. um, so it's kind of like doggy daycare in her house. That is so important. A lot of people have made that point. Is you, They need company. So if you're not there, yeah. someone else needs to call into them or they need to go to doggy daycare. 100%. Like we, there was a couple of weeks there um, where my mum wasn't able to mind them. Um, so the dogs were home and I actually saw a change in their behaviour where um, they became more destructive because they were bored at home. So we got a puppy cam into the house um, so I could watch them when they're when I was out. I could watch them on my phone to kind of see what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was around Christmas time so some of our Christmas decorations got destroyed <laughs> uh, because of that. <laughs> but um, it was a case of they were just bored because they weren't getting that interaction from people so they like reverted back to kind of those puppy tendencies which yeah. when they're coming around because they're, they're entertained all the time um, they were fine but they've gone back to that now as well like they're well behaved again but um, there was definitely a couple of weeks there where it was hit and miss with us yeah like bold teenagers Jennifer lovely to speak to you thanks for coming on no problem thanks. take care bye bye uh, Jennifer has two Maltese terriers and just wanted to 
make the point to anyone who's thinking of maybe getting that type of dog is that they, they require a lot of upkeep and you've got to do your homework when it comes to groomers. Similar, I would consider a Bichon Freeze. And if anyone has a Bichon Freeze, I'd really like your help on this one. This listener has been in touch to say, Hi Spin, I have a question. I have a Bichon Freeze. We've had him since birth. He's four. He has a hatch in the door. But every day we come home to some wee on the floor. He doesn't do this when we're home and he can go outside whenever he wants. Any tips, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Now, I don't, my mind goes to straight away how long is he on his own that maybe it's not that he he knows he can go outside but maybe he's a bit upset you know they are emotional isle creatures so will you text back in and let me know maybe is there anyone calling into him during the day is he on his own for long periods of time and if anyone else has a Bichon freeze or any dog that you know is having accidents at home even though they're toilet trained and they have access to outside what advice would you have for that listener? Thanks so much. It's brilliant hearing your advice for one another. So continue to get involved. I'm on 087-711-1038. You're welcome back to Spin Talk with Lauren. This listener has been in touch about their sister. And do you know what? We'll give her a plug because we were talking about groomers and having to do your homework. So this listener says, Hi Spin, was wondering, as you're talking about dogs, would you mind mentioning my sister's gr- dog grooming shop, please? It's called House of Paws. It's in Swords. She can be found on Facebook too. She's really good, very reasonable. People travel from Talat to go to her. They find her that good. Your sister will be delighted with you, but I think I've heard of her. So listen, I'm sure she's great. Ken says, I know it's not about dogs, but top tip, don't cave into your son's pressure to get a lizard. The wife has never forgiven me. It's an awful looking yoke. I actually feel bad for it stuck in the tank and be warned, you will find random crickets all over your house. Do you know what? I'd said it doesn't have to be about dogs. If you have a pet in your home that you would like to tell people about or say, listen, I wish someone had told us this before we got it. So I'm open to all animals. Ken, gas, thank you for that. Sharon is on the line next. Hi, Sharon. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very, thank you very much. Uh, what kind of pet do you have, Sharon? Well, at the moment I have one dog, but I did have four at one stage. Busy house, Sharon. Was a busy house, yes, yes. Two big breeds and then a poodle and the beagle crosses who I have now, yeah. Okay, so looking back, if someone was thinking of getting any of those particular breeds now or was looking to have, if they were thinking of bringing another dog into their home, what kind of advice would you have? Um, well, first of all, basically, I, my my problem would be with the big breed dogs in that they, they're, 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 they, they're still growing until they're two years of age, roughly. And I had a Bernese and he was, he was just amazing. And um, unfortunately, I presume because he's a big guy, he needs a lot of walking. Okay. Overwalked him as a puppy. And as a result, he had to have an operation on his elbow at um, nine, ten months old, which he suffered with then for the rest of his life. Unfortunately, he didn't last. Like he, he lived till he was five and a half. Oh. His leg came back at him again. And um, because we don't have super vets here in Ireland as such, um, I ended up having to say goodbye to him. Um, he was perfectly healthy just for his leg because he was such a big breed. He wouldn't have been able to survive on three legs. So oh, that was the thing. I yeah, that was that was really tough. But um, so that's the, the the one thing with the big breeds. I feel not to over exercise them with regards to walking. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Long walks. Um, and the other thing as well, with regards to any any dog, to be honest with you, I find tiring them out mentally. With you can buy games to challenge their brain, those kind of things. Even what I used to do with the four of them was I'd hide treats out, out in the back garden and I'd let them off, and they'd have to go and look for them. 
and that kind of exercise actually tires dogs out more so than physical exercise mental stimulation yeah you always like absolutely um, and them being for them like they're always way more exhausted after playing with yeah. another dog than they are going for a walk completely yeah yeah definitely without a doubt yeah and and the other thing that one of the other ladies had brought up about the grooming yes definitely that's another thing you have to factor into the equation when you're picking a breed basically if you if you if you research what type of a breed of dog you would like to have that's half the battle to be quite honest with you, you everybody will put up things on 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 um sites and stuff like that to say this is what is going to be involved if you do take on this breed blah 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 so there's plenty of information out there before you go down the road of getting a puppy yeah do you know I, what I mean I think like the DSPCA and Dogs Trust that's what where they really really are brilliant for matching yeah. particular breeds yeah. to particular yeah. families because they know what yeah. they're talking about so if you're rescuing a dog yeah. chances are they'll match you with a dog that you know will suit your family and your family will suit them Absolutely, yeah, 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 definitely. Just because just because you get a big dog, or, be, or just because you get a small, some some small dogs require more exercise physically than a bigger dog would, and likewise the other way around. It depends on the energy level of the dog okay. themselves. Do you know what I mean? So yes, you're right. With regards to those societies, they would definitely match you up with um, what's going to work with your family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great advice, Sharon. Thanks a million. Not to, no Good problem. To okay. Today. Um, that's really I I think um, important to note about the big breeds as Sharon said because their Bernese mountain dog bless him um, had such a bad elbow then that he wouldn't if they'd amputated his leg as she said look we don't have a super vet here anyway but he wouldn't have survived on the three legs oh that's so hard Nadine says hi folks I'm just back from a hen weekend away and while I was away I had to pay someone to mind my two fur babies and it's another massive consideration that you have to factor in plus you can't leave them with just anyone personally speaking my two are my babies and I have to know they're safe while they're not with me this is the thing and family really is um, your best option but not everyone has that option to leave your 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 dog or your cat usually it's dogs cats you know someone can knock in and feed them and they'll kind of fend for themselves a bit but um, yeah the the dogs you know they need to be babied Kate says I have two dogs a Labrador and a mix and before I got them I wish I knew how much work they are yeah they are they are an awful lot of work and bringing a pet into your home is a massive massive commitment you can continue to get involved in the conversation. I'm on 087-711-1038. Would love you to get involved. We were planning on talking about the waiting list for driving tests today on the show. But unfortunately, we well, not unfortunately, we got in so many messages about um, bringing pets into your home that we might have to push it to tomorrow. But it is flying on the Spin 1038 Facebook page. 